Well, hello, Jacob Squall. This is Pastor Paul. Welcome to the School of Unlearning. I'm here with my good friend Brian Shua, who is not with us today. We'll get to that in a minute. We miss very, very much. Uh, <laughs> we, we are laughing because this is the um, second time we've begun this conversation. Yes. And it was such a good first conversation. Our hearts were there. Just God spoke to us so powerfully, I think. Um, and then I looked down and I said, oh, uh, I'm not recording. So just another incredible uh, proof. Proof. How deeply we need Shua. Yeah. Shua. And how much we appreciate Shua. One of the things we were just talking about is how much, how grateful we are for Shua in so many ways, because like we just illustrated by recording this, <laughs> he makes um, difficult things look easy. And, yes, he does. And I don't know, Brian, if you're aware or not, but it's a tough job being a worship pastor of that, a church. That's what they tell me. Particularly a church this size, because you, again, may not be aware of this, but people have opinions about worship. <laughs> Really? They do. <laughs> and we have a worship pastor in Shua who approaches that with such grace and humility and with a pastoral heart. And, and if people knew his heart for God's people, for worship, they would just love him more than they love him. And I love him a lot right now because... Um, <laughs> because <laughs> we wouldn't have wasted 15 minutes <laughs> we just in a great conversation it was it, it was, was awesome. a great conversation but we'll have it again you'll just have to trust us out there if it doesn't turn out quite as well this time around yeah. it was good the first Ooh, time that's like a safety net well that's exactly right so <laughs> having said that we do want to make sure that we 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 clarify that although we're very grateful for shua yes um, we also are glad he's not here so we can clearly say how wrong he is yes. on the entire debate of sweater, sweatshirt, debacle, um, the fake news that he is pe perpetuating. Um, um, you know, it's just, it's awesome he's not here so we can talk about yeah, this. Yeah, borderline's on wrong. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we should actually move from engaging his arguments to attacking him personally. Yes. And then we can attack the way he's arguing rather yeah. than looking at what he's actually saying now that he's not here to defend himself. That seems like the logical thing. Don't you think? We, we would want to do in this, the world we live in today. If you're new to the podcast, the debate is whether or not um, you can call something that is clearly a sweatshirt, a sweater. Shua says yes, and of course he's wrong. Wrong. Um, because I think he's, on, on some level, a broken bad person, don't you think? Yes, it's deep, deep-seated deep sin. Deep-seated, fake news, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I also hope that people appreciate <laughs> the tongue-in-cheek nature of what we're discussing here, in that, in that it, this is really the spirit of the age, right? The, the age in which we we no longer, we're doing several stupid things, where we're, not engaging ideas. We're attacking people personally. We're we're arguing about the way they're making their argument, but we're not talking to each other. And we are dying on really silly hills, like silly, silly like hills. semantic arguments about sweaters and sweatshirts. <laughs> but none of that, however, changes the fact that although this is the spirit of age, none of that changes the fact though that she is so very, very wrong. 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 Okay. Well, so we've discussed that. <laughs> Somewhere right now, I have pictures of Shua listening to this, rolling his eyes, shaking his head, and just just sighing deeply. What would be great is if he would show up um, outside of the church offices with like picket signs. Yes, something, yeah. a movement or something yeah. like that, or yeah. posters or a website maybe. I'm encouraging you, Shua, to yes. do that. He should go to the Twitter. Yes, the and Twitterverse. Start making, the Twitterverse and start making comments. 
So uh, Shua is out today because he's he's sick yep. and um, uh, but not COVID. He, not COVID. He's been tested and he is negative. He tends to be a positive person, but in this case, he's negative. And negative is good. Very good when we're talking about COVID. And uh, we here at a staff have been um, smoted or smited <laughs> with COVID this yes, last week. Have. I believe there are six staff members right now who have COVID, which of course creates some incredible challenges, um, not just for you know folks who are sick, but also for the folks hanging around with them. And so all of us are being tested. And and actually, one of the reasons I was gone this last weekend is that I had broken one of my own one of our own rules. I had a planning meeting with a group of people in too small of a room for too long and then that person turned out positive and then uh was told this and of course we found this out saturday afternoon i am deep in the woods of northern wisconsin and get a phone call from amy who does our hr so wonderfully and mark and saying yeah this happened what should we do and were you with uh yes i was and uh <laughs> we've had this policy all along and we've asked other people to live it so i had to go to test somewhere sometime saturday afternoon and of course it became several of us a bunch of us um were out but everybody on staff rallied and it was just a great thing. But it, uh, it turned out that I too am negative in so many ways, but specifically in this case for COVID. And, um, and so, uh, we're just doing due diligence. We're following our own yes. rules. Cause I don't want to be that kind of leader who says, well, I'm the boss. I don't have to, Yeah, I don't have to, I'll just show up and do it. Cause I never did get sick, never felt sick, but, um, these are the policy we have in place, so we're going to follow it. That, of course, led to me calling Brian. So grateful for Brian. Um, with uh, with what I thought was a fresh take on asking him to preach, you know, that he needs to be ready in season, out of season, only to find out that that line has been used on you by every pastor you've ever worked with. Every single one. Which is... Go ahead. And, and I've and I've actually used it before on others as well. So oh. I think it just has to be done. See, I thought I was being fresh yeah. and funny. You were funny because oh. I did laugh. Well, yeah, thank you for I that. Laugh. Was it a pity laugh or was there? <laughs> you were probably laughing at, oh, here's another one. Yeah. But not so much the joke. Well, you know, it's funny. I remember the very first, I can still remember the very first time I was put on the spot like that. Yes. I was probably in my late 20s right. and... Uh, uh, probably mid to late twenties and called on a Saturday afternoon to preach Saturday evening. And, uh, that was scary, right? That I didn't know what to do with, but now 20 some years later, that doesn't scare me because of something you mentioned the first time we were talking about this, which is, it seems like when this type of a thing happens, yes. the Holy spirit just, I mean, the Holy spirit always shows up, but he shows up in a, a way to just yep. take care of this and take care of everything that was going on. It was yep. pretty cool. We, we probably had golly, half to two thirds of our staff gone this weekend and, uh, people stepping into roles. They don't know. We had HR people doing children's ministry. We had, oh man, just everybody just, um, you know, scrambling because people were either sick or are waiting for test results. And so we we're going to be super careful because we said we we're going to be in. Um, and yet, um, everybody stepped up and stepped in and some of our volunteers really stepped up in a really cool place. We also had a lot of volunteers out for similar yep. reasons. And, um, God showed up. It just felt like this was the Holy Spirit's plan to bring this message in this way um, this weekend. It was just um, such for me. I was watching online and at times I was just getting emotional 
just seeing God work in such a powerful way to celebrate everything we mean by family ministry. It was just, it was an anointed weekend. And, you know, it, it started with actually the worship department in Shua actually having less singing worship to serve another ministry area so yeah. that we could highlight what family ministry was and just did it without a thought, just in terms of what's needed here this week. Of course, we've got a worship night this weekend, this Sunday night. So they're going to, they got plenty to bring. And what time is that at? Uh, I think it's, Seven. People ask me what time. I, I don't know. Seven, I Look on seven. the website. Yeah. Probably seven. That sounds like the kind of time we'd have. Yeah. But I I don't really know. Anyway, but that's going to be awesome. And, th- and then the dedication that Danielle did, just so powerful. I hope people listen to what she wrote, what she crafted, the process that we're leading families through that go all the way back to the premarital process. It's just setting, you know, couples up not to worry so much about a wedding, but to worry more about a marriage. Yes. The wedding's going to be a day. The marriage is going to be a lifetime. And then from the very beginning of having children, to, to give them a vision, what's your vision for your family? What's your purpose statement? What's a guiding scripture? And and how, how, will you let us partner with with you? Um, because at the end of the day, the heart of everything we do from from nursery all the way through launching them out of the house is you are the spiritual champions, parents, of your kids' yes. life. You are the ones who... who will have the greatest indication of their well-being and their their spiritual love for Jesus. If they see you follow and love Jesus and then you you make different choices than most of the world will make about what it means to be a family, what it means to prioritize, what you're going to put invest your time in, then then that's the greatest indication. You are uh, of their well-being. You are the spiritual champions. And then the message you brought, man, it was just it was the message that was supposed to be given this weekend. It was just anointed powerful, beautiful, and man, it was just, it feels so good to have the staff that got us bringing together. We, we, it's just so, so good. So what a great weekend. It was, it was fun. And just watching, how, like, like you said, I, you know, I was back in the green room and, and the worship team, you know, not a complaint. They, they were yep. happy to do what they were doing and wanting to point towards family ministry, like anybody else that you, you'd want them to, we just right? Have such a great team. Yeah. You know, we've historically had great staff at this church, but we really have a great team right now. Just the synergy and the buy-in. We, we actually have filled it two positions. We're going to be announcing here pretty mm-hmm. quick. Uh, one, um, um, uh, is our, our, uh, our, um, um, 20 something pastor yep. and that announcement will be coming out a really incredible leader who is actually going to be joining our staff uh, in January. And actually another announcement that's going to come out this week. I, I can't say the name yet because we're still announcing. Of course, by the time this comes out, it'll probably have been announced. But anyway, um, <laughs> we filled uh, our, our uh, open worship associate position yeah. too with someone we are super excited about. So God's just doing some incredible, incredible stuff. He's putting together a team um, that just really is going to be, man, it's just going to be powerful to see what God's getting ready to do in this place. Yeah. You know, a, a big part of it is what we highlighted this last weekend. So one of the questions some people may ask, and this may be particularly true, you know, of folks who maybe are at a different stage of life, or maybe you're just living a different life. Why do you guys put so much emphasis on family ministry? Why would you take a whole weekend? Single person might ask that. And I get that. Our, our person who's an empty nest. I get that too. Um, what's the big deal about family? Well, it, it really comes back to one of the articles in our statement of faith. We actually have an article in our statement of faith about the nature of family and marriage. And, and that, that we added, I think three or four years ago, we did it because I don't know about you, Brian, but when I started as a pastor, 
Um, these are things that were just assumed. Yeah. That that church is for family, church is for marriage, church is for um um you know um sexual expression within the safety and the 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 covenant of marriage that that sex is more than just um you know play for adults it actually has to do with you know bringing children in the world and about a covenant and that it's not just a physical exchange of again satisfaction for adults but it has to do with an emotional connection and a spiritual connection it's not just a physical connection but it's also a spiritual connection it's a it's described as the by in the bible as a covenant and so all these things of family are super important. And, and a lot of the things that were assumed 20 years ago um, are actually, uh, the opposite is actually being yes. advocated. Yep. So, so um, you know, a lot of people are actually asking, really, do we really need family anymore? Is family worth it anymore? Our deep conviction from the scripture is that family is irreplaceable. Yes. Um, That family is uh, mission critical. That if family falls apart, everything falls apart. You can't have enough government. You can't have enough church. You can't have good enough schools. If family isn't there, if we aren't fighting for family, establishing family, um, working for families, well then, man, um, then, then, boy, it's, it's a reason why God's very first invention in terms of human institutions was um was the family yeah it's marriage family the church yes, right yes. and those matter and and keeping them of, of highest value and yep. in intact the way that god intends them is a is a is obviously going to be one of the greatest ta- tactics of the devil is to try to come and break those apart absolutely and i and i get why people are questioning it Sure. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. So, so one of the reasons is, man, a lot of people said, I've done family. I grew up in a family. It was not great. <laughs> you know, um, um, I just, I just don't, don't see it. We live in, in a, in a world where the cultural values of particularly around sexuality are so in flux. Um, the world is saying all kinds of things. Um, and one of the, one of these days we need to do a podcast where we just talk about what's the fruit of what the sexual revolution and the sexual freedoms, what's it actually producing? Is it producing life and health and peace? Is it producing lasting relationships? Is it producing um, well-being or is it keeping us from being able to bond? I mean, so, so, so we live in a day where talking about, you know, um, you know, biblical perspective on sex and family, and we just sound like dinosaurs. Yes. Um, I also get the idea that, um, I mean, there are a lot of people who are deeply concerned about things like environment and poverty and world population. And there's a really strong narrative out there that is going on. I don't think it's a true narrative that there's too many people in the world and having children, there's actually a movement that having children is irresponsible. And, um, then you add to that, there's just a whole lot of people who say, I think there's another path for me to be fulfilled without children. And so they say children are expensive. They limit what I want to do. They limit the freedoms that I have, um, the good that I want to do. And that's a mixed bag kind of thing like that. But we probably in the Midwest don't feel it as much, but that is a wave coming. Yeah. Um, there, there are many people who are arguing for paradigms where family can be replaced by, by government or by different social agencies or by you pick your own family. You know, the way people are talking about picking their sexuality, their gender, you can also say, well, my biological family's not important, but this is my family now. Mm. And so there's just a ton of complication that's coming that I wasn't dealing with 30 years ago. Yep, exactly. And so in the midst of all that, I mean, we could speak to each one of those things. 
and and they're very nuanced and difficult conversations. At the, it, 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 uh, but 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 what we really wanted to say this weekend is we're still all in on family. Yes. I mean, we're still believers in family, and we're willing to enter the messiness of it. So I'm talking about single parents. I'm talking about um, step parents. Step parents. I'm talking about fostering, which we are a huge advocate for fostering. I'm talking about adoption, which we are big advocates for. I'm talking about non-traditional families. I mean, I'm talking about uh, raising teenagers with issues that, holy cow, um, you know, we have a, a huge divide between where our kids are and where we're at, yep. you know, even my adult children and where I'm at. Um, we have conversations and I'm saying, wow, okay, they, they're, they're not where I'm at. And how do you navigate that? And how do you, how do you, you know, still enjoy Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know, um, it's a messy time to do family and it yep. would be easy for us to shrink back on that or to just jump on the world narrative about that. But we are not going to do that. We are still all in for family. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, the hardest part, um, uh, is to realize that every, everybody's the, the world is tr trying to get the attention of your family yep. and there's a war going on, a yep. spiritual war for your family. And I think the hardest thing for parents right now, you know, a lot of them were working to multiple jobs yep. or both parents are out and you come home, you're tired, but, that becomes an even more critical time then to engage your family and understand that you, yeah. you are the, you are the key to their spirituality. And if you're one of the things I talked about, and, and it was actually in that illustration that, uh, that Anne did on with oh, the marbles, uh, marbles right. So good. Is that there's very limited time that we have. Yep. She had 40 weeks that we're going to have influence on your kids in their entire time here. Yep. And so if you allow us to be the only spiritual thing for your kids it's not enough it's not enough you'll be you'll be totally blown away because there are other forces that are having spiritual conversations with your kids that have at school for instance yes. that have every single day with them well, and in the internet and in the social internet. media yep. and all the shows they watch yep. and all the streaming services that we have um you know uh you know the devil's pretty organized he, he is. And, and and he's, he's coming at us in a lot of different ways. And one of the things, and, and this is for us, what's been so clarifying about where we believe we should be going in the next couple of years as a church in terms of developing a much more intentional and robust call to real discipleship. Yes. One of the things we said in a meeting is one of those things that when it was said, it was just like, oh, well, that's just right. That's, that's something we got to capture and say is, is in essence, we said, as followers of Jesus Christ in this current environment, we can't make the same choices the average American makes and expect our children to be followers of Jesus. Amen. So, I mean, we can't make the same choices about how we spend money, how we spend time, yep. what we prioritize, how we do sports, how we do entertainment, how we do media. But we've got to make different choices. We got to get more countercultural in a lot of this stuff than we ever have before. And so we're asking questions about that. We're providing tools for that. Um, so that so that families can ask again just deep questions about what it means. Understanding that that the demographics are shifting. So one of the statistics I read just the other day that blew me away is that over half of millennials will not have children. That that is an unprecedented um, statistic so that yeah. just, we're going to have more singles than ever before. And what will that mean in terms of their interaction with 
you know, family and, and there will be a lot of opportunity for those ones to do more in terms of adoption, fostering, stepping into needs, all kinds of incredibly meaningful things. There is a call to singleness and a lot of people, a lot of people are making choices to not have kids for honestly worldly reasons, but a lot of other people are making decisions out of a sense of God's calling. Sure. That God's calling us to do something different. So it's going to be complicated. That's, that's why we're hiring a 20 somethings yeah. uh, pastors <laughs> because we recognize we've got a we've got to shepherd all these generations if we're really going to have legacy. And so, um, yeah, it, 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 it really is clarifying for us a call to a deeper, more robust version of discipleship that, as we've been saying, pushes the gospel into every aspect of our life, into the nooks and crannies of our life so that every part of our life can be Christian and redeemed in Christ. Yeah. And, and I think one thing we would want you to know that, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to be talking a lot about, um, disciplines and, yep. and what can you do to, um, meet these challenges that are going on around you. And I, I recognize that that can feel overwhelming. Like how do you match up with, uh, the internet and school and all these yep. voices that, that are coming at your kids. But I would say your voice, even a little bit a day is stronger than all those voices in the life of your kid. Yeah. Yep. So it doesn't have to be, it, it doesn't have to be tons of things and tons of ideas. It can be a few strong ideas, family time, a dinner together, three or four nights a week, discussing things as you're driving home. One of the yes. best tools, I best ideas someone ever gave me is I was frustrated with my teenage sons. I, I've now had three teenage sons, right? And and you, you'll be driving home from school and the answer to how, how was your day is good. Yep. Good. And you can't get anything out of them. Well, someone challenged me to, to try talking to them just before they went to bed. Yeah. Cause they don't want to go to bed. Right. Right. So I started doing that and oh my man, that, that all of a sudden they open up and they're willing to talk. And <laughs> so just little things like that in that moment, that, that time spent with, and that my voice carries much more weight than at that point, than, yeah. than all the other things they're doing. So it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a ton of things. It just needs to be, we need a few things that we are in, um, that we're purposeful with, uh, in order to begin to, to, to shape and help our kids navigate a very difficult world. And that is so cool. And, and that's one of the things I really appreciated about the video at the end of the message this week. And, and if you zoned out on that, I encourage you actually to actually go back and listen to that yes. because they, they talked about the seven tools and maybe you've known about those tools. Maybe you didn't, maybe you just dismissed them. But there are powerful resources on our website, on our parent page, on our youth group page, that there are texts you can get, and there are podcasts you can listen to, and there are books that you can read. There's stuff you can just integrate relatively easy yes. into your life that will just just change you. Some of some of it will radically change the way you do things. Some of it will change it by degree. Yeah. Um, and so partner with us. I mean, our whole thing, we shifted several years ago from being ministries to children while we have them to ministries to families. Mm -hmm. So even what we teach on the weekends, even what they teach on Wednesday nights, um, you know, um, that is all designed for them to then go home and engage with you. Yes. So, I mean, that's why I'd be, for instance, youth group. So you're going to have youth group tonight. We're recording on a Wednesday and, um, um, then tomorrow they're going to record a podcast, which talks about what they talked about. Mm -hmm. As a parent, you don't want to come hang around on youth group unless you're a volunteer. And if you are a volunteer, 
volunteer where your kids aren't. They they yes. they, they don't want you there. I, I yeah. learned that. I'm the pastor, and my kids do not want me at youth group. Anyway, yeah. the point is, is but you can listen to that podcast, and you can know what they heard, and then you can you know talk about it. Yep. I mean, and and that there's tools for preschool parent pages. There's stuff for elementary. There's parenting cues, and and they only mentioned seven, and we yeah. have so many things. We are working so hard to set you up for success. Um, and everything across the board is all like the topics we're talking about it on Sundays, the same thing yes. your kids are talking about. Yep. So it should be fairly easy to, to have that chat, but you yep. gotta, you gotta take the time. Yep. And it, like, again, I'm not saying, Hey, we're going to say, well, we're going to sit down for one hour every night and do this. I'm talking about, mm. you know, pull out like something from like notes from the small group or, right. or one one thought you had when you were listening to their podcast and ask that question hey what did you think about this well, on, th- on the way home from school when yes. you pick them up we, you know? we we talk about windshield conversations all the time we actually is one of the things you get when you subscribe to the the parent cues um is you get conversation or questions Perfect. to ask and i mean and sometimes it's the questions we ask. I mean, you know, when we ask is, how was your day? That's white noise. Yep. But if you ask a specific question, you know, um, hey, do you hear about this thing in the news? What do you think about that? Yeah. Or if you think about, hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you hear that whole thing? What about that? And you don't ask the question so you can tell them what to think of their opinion. You know, you just let them talk. I mean, and, 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 and that, I mean, when they forget they're talking to you, it's awesome. It's awesome. And and the other thing is, is we think my kids don't want to talk to me. Yes, they do. What one of the I, I had a youth pastor. This is a guy without kids. Years ago, he he said to me because I was kind of miffed because one of my kids went and had this really big deep conversation with him that he wasn't willing to have with me. And I asked how, you know how to go. And so you know, and he talked a little bit about it, but he wasn't going to tell me the conversation because it was between kid and, and him. And I get that. And uh, he looked at me. So he says. Did it bother you a little bit that he had that conversation? I said, honestly, you know, it did. I just wish he would have that conversation with me. He said, well, the reason he doesn't have a conversation with you is you're too risky. I said, what do you mean by that? He says, your opinion matters to him too much. Mm. And it was a really vulnerable conversation. If he has that with me and I reject him, it hurts, but it's no big deal. But if you, he has a conversation with you and you reject him, not that you would reject him, but, but, and, and it doesn't go well. I mean, he, 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 your opinion matters so much to him. He cares so much about who you are and what you think and how he looks to you. It's really, really hard for him to talk to you right now. And then he said, that's completely normal. That's, that's differentiation. It's, it's him becoming his own person. And that's why, and I learned this lesson from him. That's why your kid needs other great adults in their life. So, so, so the adult can say to that kid, what you would say to them when you can't talk to them because the kid can't talk to you. He just doesn't have a pathway at yeah. that time. That's why coaching is so powerful. It is, yeah. You know, I had one of those moments just just last week. Yeah, it was interesting. There was two things that transpired I thought was kind of funny. My oldest son Noah, the twenty three year old I was talking about, that was helping my daughter. Yeah. Well, when we came home, I had brought Caden, my youngest son, home from school. He's a yep. high school freshman. Yep. And as we walked in the door, my oldest asked him, "So, how was school today?" Yeah. And he said, "Good." Same thing he'd give me, right? And my oldest son's like, that's it? That's it? I'm like, you did the exact same thing. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, uh, we had a moment of clarity. And Caden, Caden just out of nowhere goes, do you know why I answered good? Because I'm afraid that if I tell you something you don't want to hear, you're going to tell me how to fix it. Or you're going to want to try to fix it. I was like, whoa. Dude, that is powerful. I'm like, okay, all right. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And he's right. I would want to fix yes. it. Like kid kid picked on you at school. All right, you tell me who his parents that's are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like and and he even when I joke about that though, it, it creates this weirdness that instead of just it just you know, the old the old joke that you had in marriage, like don't when your wife tells you something's wrong, don't don't try to fix it. Just right. listen, right? Yep. And I think that's true with kids too. I think um, they're going to be more likely to open up if we're not always trying to fix it or tell them what they did wrong. Right. When they tell us what's going on. Yep. And especially the older they go. Yeah. Oh, I, I was upset because the teacher did this. Oh, your teacher's good. Don't, don't feel that way. In, in essence, we're, we're invalidating their experience and their feeling. One of the big things is, is shut up, listen. Yes. And then if they, even if they ask you a question, ask them a question in response, put it back. Cause you're not wanting to think for them. You're wanting them to get th- them to think just, I mean, this is just, and this is the kind of stuff you learn Yes. when you partner with us and you read the books and you listen to the podcasts and all those kinds of things like yes. that. So we're working hard to partner with you. One, one example coming up that I think is going to be kind of challenging is that um, we're going to do a series for Christmas called Christmas Rethink. Oh. And we're going to really be talking about the mind and the inner life patterns of thought, where we're getting our thoughts, how we think, the importance the Bible says about the mind. And one of the things we're going to be asking the church to do is join us on something called an Advent journey. And in that, we're going to be doing scripture every day. We're going to be asking ourselves spiritual questions, particularly about the Christmas story and then issues related to the mind. So it's the stuff like, why is it important that I'm aware of what I'm thinking about? How am I thinking? What narratives am I talking about? What does the Bible mean when it says I can take thoughts captive Mm -hmm. or am I just a prisoner to anxiety and twirling, whirling, crazy thoughts? Um, And so we're going to become mindful about the mind. We're going to become aware of how we're thinking, what we're thinking, those kinds of things like that. So I'm I'm very excited for the teaching. So one of the things we're going to do is we're going to ask the church to go through an Advent journey. Ordinarily at Advent, we actually buy an Advent guide and we have people just kind of do devotions through Advent about the Christmas story pretty sure a lot of people are familiar with the Christmas story and we're still going to do the Christmas story, but, but instead we're writing our own Advent journey where people will be going through that and we'll be praying for share partners. There'll be some family components to it. It's going to be a really great piece. But one of the things we're going to do as part of the first week leading into the other week is we're going to call people to do a thought inventory. Mm. And, and I'm just going to ask if you're serious about just your own mental health, your own thought process, your own discipleship, do that inventory because it's going to ask them hard questions. It's going to ask questions like, how many streaming services do you subscribe to? <laughs> how many devices do you have? How soon do you start the day with some kind of technology? How soon do you end the day? The movies you watch, is there language in there that is inconsistent with the kinds of language you want to use? Is there nudity and sexual content? Is there violence that you've gotten used to that is just over the top? We're going to ask questions about gaming. We're going to ask questions about watching news and how much news we're watching and whether or not we're aware that the news sources we're watching are for profit who are trying to divide us, make us angry, make us, you know, afraid. Mm-hmm. Are we, are we YouTubing to death? I mean, so, <laughs> and I, and I actually did this the other day. So I, I, I took the first step. I was actually embarrassed yeah. by how much technology and media and how unaware I am of the thoughts I'm letting come into my mind that totally go unchallenged. Uh, and, and I just kind of am letting it soak into my mind. Makes Romans 12 very difficult, Ooh, doesn't it? It does. Taking transform, yes. Captive. Yeah. And, and being transformed. Yeah. How? By the renewing of your mind. So, so if we did this as a family and then the second week, we're actually going to 
make a suggestion of just a bunch of different challenges. We're not going to ask you to do it all, but we're going to ask you to say, okay, um, for the rest of Advent, I'm going to change my relationship with my phone. Okay. So one of the challenges might be as a family or as an individual, I'm going to plug my phone in at eight o'clock at night and I'm not going to pick it up till I walk out the door. Do you, you know, there's statistics out there that like up to 50% of people fall asleep with their phone in their hands and they wake up and the very first thing before their foot hits the ground, they start scrolling. And so we're just going to say, we're going to, we're going to stop doing that. Or we're going to, for Advent, I'm going to make a commitment that I'm not going to watch any shows with sexual content, violence, or bad language. Just for just to see what it changes yeah. in Advent. For Advent, I'm going to check my news stories once a week, once a week, and I'm not going to look at news other than that. This is going to be super just stuff powerful. Like that. And and just I it, and and again, I'm not asking you to throw all this away. And and I'm not asking people to get legalistic or goofy about it. But I'm asking people just to be aware. We we don't we don't realize and and and. I think what we're going to find is that when I get some of these sources out of my head, I might realize some of my anxiety is gone. Yeah. Some of my fear is gone that I actually find more time to think about, you know, what is good, what is noble, what is right. I think on those things and then the God of peace meets me Yeah. and, and I have more room. One of the challenges, and these are all suggestions, one night a week, we as a family are going to have a technology free night. What in the world would we do? <laughs> you know, all those games you have in the closet that you are all dusty because, you know, we got tablets. We don't need games. Yep. I mean, we're going to play a game, you know, or we're going to, we're going to go out for a walk or we're going to go snowshoeing or we're going to whatever. Anyway, Can I tell you a funny story please, on that. Come on. So, um, we, when we first got here, uh, we had signed up to get cable, um, from a local cable company. I won't throw under the bus Yes, and it didn't work in our we tried everything and they, they said, well, we'll get a technician out there, but it was a full week before they could get a technician oh, man. out. You were probably Jones and no Wi-Fi. Like, Come on, we're, man. We're all shaking. Third losing world. Our minds, right? Yes. Well, it's funny. The first couple of days it was super irritating, but by the third day I left and they, my wife and my daughter had started to do a puzzle. A what? A puzzle. Do you know what a oh, puzzle I is? I remember those. Like a real puzzle. Yes. Like yes. One of those. We're kind of a puzzle family, so it, I get it. Yeah. And we like the 3d ones. We, this one wasn't 3d, but, but they were working on this puzzle and my oldest son, who spends most of his life gaming uh, <laughs> when he's not going to school or work, right? right? Uh, I And he can't do any of that. So he's he's going nuts. Well, I get home that night, and this is like a 1,500-piece puzzle. They, it's done. Right. The three of them had sat down and done the puzzle together, and it's all they did. In fact, they were still in their PJs. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> because they had just done this puzzle. And I thought, man, I am going to find a way for our internet to go down once a month. Well, that's, I have a good <laughs> friend who they do this as a matter of spiritual family discipline. Um, he says, whenever I call a family meeting, I just turn off the Wi-Fi. Everybody comes in the kitchen, everybody finds out. <laughs> and there are just nights that the, everybody knows Wi-Fi is going off at this time. It's brilliant. And I mean, I mean, and again, I'm not talking about legalistic and no. all those kinds of things like that. And, and, but, but what I'm, what I'm talking about is this is really more of an awareness piece. This is, oh my gosh, I, I had no, I just had no idea the number of devices I had in my home between TVs and computers and phones and watches for goodness sake. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and just how, how all encompassing, um, the world is and being able to push its agenda on me and the things that I have gotten used to that 10 years ago, I would have said, oh my gosh, I wouldn't, I, I won't look at that. I will set no evil thing before my eyes. And now particularly the violence thing was something. Cause I, I mean, I like, 
I like action movies and all like the next guy, right? I've just gotten used to some stuff that I ought not have gotten used to. And so anyway, this is just going to be, um, this is an example of how we're want to bring teaching to you in a way that you can access in a way that can bring life and health to your family. And just a suggestion. I don't recommend, by the way, that any family do all of our suggestions because your kids will hate you and you'll kill each other. Oh, for goodness sake, yes. But but I would recommend that everybody take a hard look and then say, you know what, uh, what, what two or three things could we do? Or one or two things, or one thing. Have we ever done this level of integration here at Jacob's Well? I think we have on other topics. I don't think we have on technology. I I take that back. Years ago, we brought in a group called... um, something eyes, something protect young eyes. And it was such a, it was one of the best examples of how we, it was when the internet was really getting out of control and it talked to parents about, you know, what's actually on Snapchat, what's on Instagram and how can you protect your kids and how do routers work and how can you filter and what protections can you have and what should be a good relationship with your kids? When should you give your kids phone? And all that, by the way, information is still available. I mean, we still have all that and you can find it pretty sure you can find it on the, on the um, website, but that just one of those questions. I mean, I, I will say this, if I had to do it all over again, I would totally change how I did technology and phones in my home. Yeah, me and, too. and we were, most people would say you were very conservative I and mean, we didn't do video games till very, very late. We didn't do phones till very, very late, but I would not have just given my kids a phone. Yeah. I, I would have, I would do it radically differently in such a way that I would give them the access to the technology, which they really must have to, to live in this world. But I would, I would give it to them in a way where I was much more aware of what was there and I, and they could not access stuff that they yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. We, we give kids a phone and you realize on that phone, we can get any idea, any yeah. image in a moment. Yeah. And we d- we give that to 12 year olds. Yes. Anyway, anyway. Um, There's a lot to, you could go into that one because I, I was thinking the same thing. Like there, there is positive. Absolutely. To, to all that, but Absolutely. it's just teaching our, us and our families. Yes. Uh, Boundaries. Yes. Right. Yes. It's all good. There's wonderful uh, opportunity here, but um, that's honestly, that's a conversation for another day because I think very often we we say that and that's true, but it keeps us from having an honest conversation of how far we've gone the other way. Absolutely. So it's just time for us as a church to say, okay, what am I letting into my mind and what is it? What is the fruit that's coming? Is it confusion, anxiety, fear, doubt, um, you know, materialism, all the, the things we fight again, immorality. Um, it's just time for us to do a little bit of an assessment on that. So, be anyway, great. so that's just one example because we're four family. So, all right, this would be at the point where she would look at me and say, our time's up, but she was not here. <laughs> Boy, we miss you. We do miss you. Isn't Shua great? He's good at keeping everything kind of locked you, down. You had any final encouragement, brother? Any, any closing words? Uh, my only final encouragement is, man, I think you will you will get out of this next series what you put into it right and i, I as being in the behind the scenes as it's starting to develop i am looking forward to it personally right and so i i think it's going to be great not just for each of us individually but our families all right with that said you guys have a great week so very glad you joined us shua come back to us we need you we Amen. cannot do this without you <laughs>